0: Hello everyone and welcome to HashTalk, a podcast exploring the best of blockchain in Asia. I'm your host, Sankalp Shangari, and this is our open source attempt to bring you the latest news, narrative, and interviews with the best minds in blockchain and related technologies. So let's dive right in. Hey. Hello everyone. Hi, I'm very excited today. Uh, we have a young gentleman with us. His name is Rohan Agarwal, uh, who is the co-founder of Cypher Rock, uh, which aims to provide uh, hardware based solutions for uh, blockchain customers and enterprises uh, to securely store your crypto. Um, a, a very innovative solution, not the usual ledger and treasure uh, kind of solutions, but but more how to store your pneumatic uh, phrases uh, which is which is a key in in security and personal hardware based uh, uh, distributed recovery systems. Now, the seed phrases, as we all know, are very important, and we end up just putting it on a piece of paper or drive which are which are definitely accustomed to Losing sheen and losing and, and theft, etc. So, this is, this is a very, very innovative solution. Um, the team at uh, Cypher Rock, uh, Rohan and his uh, co founder, and the boys uh, have done wonderful job and, and were uh, recently backed by consensus uh, uh, and now are just uh, prepared to go for the pre orders very soon. Uh, Rohan himself uh, is a graduate of Delhi College of Engineering and started his company uh, uh, in, 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 the, in the final year itself. Uh, and and he, he's, he's, uh, he's been in the industry for over two, three years now and started conducting workshops, writing blogs and eventually deciding to start Cypher Rock. So let, let's hear from the horse's mouth directly. Rohan, welcome to Hash Talk. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm good, Sankal. Thanks for having me.
0: Amazing, uh, Rohan. I've been I've been uh, hearing and reading a lot about you, and and it seems uh, you 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 are on a different path. And I have a special respect for for the hardware people because because software is is quite commoditized, uh, <laughs> uh, and and a lot of products are already there. Hardware uh, is always 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 the difficult part, especially if you're not from the background. Uh, but but being an engineer, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you have a you have a uh, an edge. So so let's let's start there, Rohan. Uh, what's was the background? Where are you from? And 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 how did this all come to being? How, how did you end up in DCE? And and where did this idea come from?
1: Right, right. So, um, you know, as most of the Indian graduates, uh, engineering Indian graduates, uh, come about, you know, I started preparing for IIT je didn't clear IIT, but obviously got myself into, you know, one of the most reputed college, which is, uh, Delhi College of Engineering in India, um, you know, started my engineering um, degree, heard first about Bitcoin in 2014, but, you know, like most of the people, I thought it was a scam, something which was um, illegal and something which was not worth my time at that time. Right. But... um Around 2016 is when I started hearing more about decentralization as a concept, uh, blockchain as a technology, and um, that is kind of the time where I decided to really uh, go into the rabbit hole of, you know, really understanding what the technology is. So, you know, after that, I started reading a, a book on Ethereum, started going to hackathon, um, started, you know, contributing in whatever ways I could uh, in this space. So, you know, went to the hackathon. This, this is kind of a funny incident. So I went to a hackathon. I decided to kind of implement a decentralized uh, crowdfunding application on Ethereum and uh, this was around january 2017 ethereum was somewhat around uh, $7 which i thought at that time was expensive you know my first mistake right uh, because i bought eth at two th- uh, i mean in the in the coming summer at uh, $250 right so clearly a mistake at that time but you know that is where i um, kind of started experimenting uh, with blockchains you know trying to understand the technology in my senior year, I started trading, investing. Uh, this was the time when the bull run had almost started. Um, and then, you know, started conducting workshops, um, writing blogs about the space. I even wrote for uh, blog geeks about um, your smart contract security. And so, you know, this was a time when uh, we really started getting more interested in new technology and researching more about the different coins and their uh, value propositions and the community. So I and my co-founder now, uh, Whipple, uh, we have known each other for about two to three years now. You know, back in the college days, we used to go to different hackathons, uh, working at the intersection of hardware and software. And so, you know, we kind of decided, you know, this is a pretty big white space. This is obviously an emerging technology. And so... At that time, we decided, you know, we our our time is much better spent uh, looking for problems in the space that we ourselves using our uh, unique skill sets could really solve. And uh, that is where we started. That is the time when we started exploring the hardware wallet space. So... The first idea, you know, this was around January 2018. We, you know, the first idea that uh, we decided to work on was something called as a hardware wallet as a mobile case. And so we realized, you know, hardware wallets are great for storing large sums of amount, but they have kind of a terrible um, user experience when used with smartphones. And so we realized, you know, why not have a hardware wallet as a mobile case that you could just, you know, uh, insert your mobile, uh, I mean, insert your smartphone on and then just do a quick uh, and secure transaction, so at that time, you know, we first realized, you know, we sh- we should first um, ask the experts, you know, ask the community whether this is something that they wanted. Uh, we talked to Bitcoin folks like uh, Jameson Lopp, uh, Luke Dash Junior. These guys are, you know, again, Bitcoin core developers. Then Jimmy Song himself, um, and these guys were really interested into what we were building. Uh, but you know, after we kind of had the prototype done and everything, we kind of soon realized that um, it was not commercially viable for us to scale that particular product. Uh, the primary reason being um, it 's very hard mm-hmm. to manufacture different uh, smartphone mobile cases shapes and sizes and so um, that w- that is the time when we you know went back to the drawing board to you know, kind of figure out the different problems, you know, apart from this that we can solve. So mm-hmm. um, after that, you know, we again were talking to users. The market was ever falling, you know, you know, you know this, uncle. Uh, but, you know, after talking to users, we realized that, you know, one thing, Was, there was one specific problem that kept on, you know, popping up again and again. And that was around the security of seed phrase, right? Secure, you know, people have different, you know, phrases for that. Some call it seed phrase. Some call it 24 recovery words, uh, mnemonic phrases. You know, people have different names for this. And, you know, one of the things that came popping up was how do I, okay, I bought a hardware wallet. Okay. I downloaded a software wallet. But where do I keep the seed phrase? There was no um, standard. There was no guidelines around how to secure that. And um, this is something we realize. You know, on one hand, you know, you have your hardware wallets, which we which you use to secure your, the largest sum of amount, uh, and which is which kind of protects your private keys in tamper-proof hardware. But on the other hand, you are exposing the same set of private keys through your 24 recovery words, uh, through your mnemonic phrases, uh, on a piece of paper, which opens it up to problems such as trust issues, single point of failure, uh hacks, thefts, environmental damages, and so on. I mean, basically the same problem that your wallet initially wanted to solve. And so that is the kind of, you know, problem that really fascinated us, and we thought there needs to be a better way to secure it. A piece of paper is obviously not the best way to secure, you know, potentially your millions of dollars, right? And that is the time we conceptualized the idea of SheLex, which is kind of our uh, first product. The first thing we did was, again, get back to talking to users and, you know, figuring out how much uh, they are going to value this product, whether this solves a problem that we assume uh, it is going to solve. And, uh, you know, we had like um, about 50 to 100 conversations, which uh, with, you know, users having more than $2,000 in cryptocurrencies, um, you know, each conversation ranging from about one hour to one hours to two hours. And most of them were like, we need a solution like this. And that is the time, you know, we started building this up because we thought this was not there in the industry and is definitely required. So, fast forward about two to three months, you know, we got accepted into uh, the Consensus TechUon Accelerator Program, and now we are, you know, after months of development, we are finally into our private alpha stage.
0: Awesome, uh, Rohan. Um, uh, just just to get the chronology right here, um, when, when was this? When 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 were you selected in Consensus?
1: So, this was around February right so um we were in talks with them for some time they said you know why not you apply for our consensus uh, yarn program and so we applied there was uh, a couple of interviews and then you know possibly they also felt this is a problem that needs to uh, be solved so yeah i mean we were one of the 10 companies that uh, you know they selected us only one out of india so and this why- was around february 2019
0: Sorry okay and, and and you you've been uh, you said you've been working on this for for over a year, uh, pivoted a couple of times and and got user feedback and settled that, that this this is a real problem, and indeed it is and and applied to consensus, and now you are you are uh, preparing for for launching this product. Is that correct?
1: Right, right
0: okay let's let's take a step back because I'm very intrigued here why why hardware when most of the world and as they say software is eating the world why why not just build uh, another software solution um, uh, especially you know when you see a lot of your colleagues a lot of your peers a lot of industry players are all going into software and finding a problem and, and developing a solution where did this idea of hardware come to you or, or or to your co-founder ripple uh
1: that's that's a great question sankal i mean you know before even building this out we ourselves uh you know were you know considering the different pros and cons of going into hardware and uh you know we thought to ourselves you know Why not software? Why not do this on a software? Why not, uh, you know, distribute how we are distributing right now, which obviously I'll explain in a bit, into the smartphones itself. Why to build a hardware, different hardware altogether, right? And so the primary reason or the primary differentiator when you consider that is how you differentiate between a software wallet and a hardware wallet, right? So a software wallet, you know, you cannot be 100% sure Uh, I mean, the probability of you getting hacked with your software wallet is uh, definitely much more than how a hardware wallet works, because a software wallet is, you know, a a software running on an internet connected device. So that could be your desktop, that could be your smartphone. And so you always have that risk of uh, you know getting hit by a malware and your private keys or a crypto uh, getting stolen in the process and that is kind of the reason why um, a hardware wallet, wallet is much more secure than that because your private keys are 100% offline at all times and so exponentially more secure um than a software wallet now coming to us you know we decided Why are we going? So obviously the first reason was we needed to have a tamper-proof solution. Secondly, it's more around how the product works. So obviously, you know, if you consider the technologies that we're using, there are companies uh, doing this on a software level. But there are fundamental differences where, you know, we have a greater advantage over them. So the number one is... How, how essentially the product works out is you basically distribute uh, secrets. Uh, generated through Shamir secret sharing. So Shamir secret sharing is, you know, it's not a very new technology. It's an old technology. Um, And in fact, multisig itself is derived from, uh, you know, Shamir secret sharing scheme. And so we use that uh, Shamir secret sharing implemented on a tamper-proof hardware. People obviously implement it on a software itself. But the thing is, we the secrets that are generated through the schemes we store it on tamper-proof hardware, and then these tamper-proof hardware um, are, we use currently, you know, something called as smart cards. So smart cards are again cards, you know, which are there in things like your credit cards, your driving license, your debit cards. Uh, if you know the chips that are there, um, you know, on those cards, so that's basically a smart card, right? And so we use that same hardware. It's uh, it's EL6 Plus certified, and um, it's kind of the best security available in the market. And so we secure these secrets on top of those tamper-proof hardware. Along with that, we have a password protection over these secrets also. So that's kind of the second layer, uh, which adds the security. So if you compare our solution with a software-based implementation, How those work out is you basically transfer these secrets to the guardians. So guardians are people whom you trust with these secrets. And so hypothetically, and this is something which is obviously possible, it's possible for your guardians to take out this, you know, eventual private key if they try to collude against you. But in our solution, because it's tamper-proof hardware, even if they get access to uh, these secrets, it's not, I mean, it's kind of practically very improbable for them to get out these secrets from these cards because on the first play, they don't know the password to that. So even if you trust your guardians with these cards, it's not possible for them to collude against you because they don't know the password, and that is where a tamper-proof hardware um, really adds to uh, the whole security of your mnemonic phrases. Secondly, then, apart from security, you know, um, one one of the things that we realized was using a software-based solutions, you genuinely can only have guardians which are living beings. But uh, with, you know, especially a card, you know, you can decide to give, a, to give it to a guardian or you can decide it to, you know, store it in a secret location that you only know. And the third problem that it uniquely solved was something called as uh, the $5 wrench problem. So a $5 wrench problem essentially is, you know, um, it's a very funny take. Uh, it's, it's kind of a funny problem in cryptography, which is... Um, how do you kind of get a private key of a person? You know, it's not by uh, you know having a supercomputer crack that private key uh, and steal the funds, but it's in fact it's you know try to attack the person with a five dollar wrench. That's a kind of a easier way to uh, get hold of their crypto. Now we. The third layer, and this is enabled by a third layer of security, which is these cards, you know, once users buy our product, these cards can be kept in different physical locations, which are, you know, different in, uh, different by geography. And so by nature, even if someone comes to you, tries to attack you at gunpoint, you cannot give them your private key because you don't have them at the first place. And so you have to physically fetch them, uh, before, before they can, you can you know the hacker can actually uh get out the private keys from them whereas if you implemented this on a software you know there's there's kind of an inherent single point of failure itself because your smartphone kind of controls uh the whole mechanism there so that is kind of a reason why we chose a hardware-based solution over software
0: okay so so i'm just going to summarize it for for the audience and and please correct me if i'm wrong um, basically, what we are saying is that the seed phrases of the wallet are stored on this um, hardware card, which is secured by SSS, and and all the twenty four seed, uh, for example, are are in the card, placed in a any any physical location of your choice. Uh, uh- Okay, so uh, I think we'll
1: have to kind of back up over there how the product works because we obviously never discussed that, right? So how that works is, you know, you buy, uh, if you are the user, you buy our hardware, right? Our hardware has...
0: Which is is the card.
1: Okay, so you buy the hardware. Hardware has two components. So if you buy the hardware, you know, it it comes with a complete product which has one component as, which is called as the ShieldX Reader. For doing most of the computation, and the second component is the four cards. So the four cards again, you know, they have the same hardware as your credit card or debit card, right? And so essentially, how this product works out is, you turn on the reader. You just pa- plug it in, you know, maybe into a power bank, and you power that on, right? Um, so you plug it in, you power that on. Uh, you what you do first is you input your mnemonic phrase into that, right? That's the first process. So you manually enter your mnemonic phrase instead of writing down on a piece of paper into this electronic hardware, which is the Shield X reader. Yeah. Secondly, you input a PIN or a password, which is obviously used as the second layer of security. Now, that's it. Nothing, nothing more needs to be done on your side if you are a basic user. That's rest is what the hardware does. So essentially, uh-huh. how that hardware works is um, using Triple which is Shamir Secret Sharing. It generates four secrets, which you transferred out into each one of these cards. So how that works is, you you know, on there's a display on the reader which shows tap the four cards one by one. So essentially what you do is you bring up one of the cards, tap it on the hardware, which is the reader. And through NFC, it transfers out the secrets into each one of those cards. So you tap all of those four cards one by one onto the reader and transfer out the secrets the third the third process is once the secrets are transferred out into four cards you distribute them into four different remote geographical locations that's it that's 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 how you secure your mnemonic phrases now the the second part of the operation is how to actually secure uh, how to actually recover uh, your wallet in case you know maybe your ledger gets lost or your treasure gets lost obviously you need back your seed phrase to recover back your wallet now the best part about shamir secret sharing is you don't need to fetch all of these four cards so obviously you as a user have put these four cards into different locations you don't need to fetch all of these four cards you just need to fetch any two out of these four cards to recover back your original uh, seed phrase. So maybe let's assume, you know, you fetched the first two. So you you fetch the two cards. You tap one by one back onto the reader. You input the original password that you had set in. And after that, you are displayed your original mnemonic phrase. That's it. Nothing complicated from the user's end.
0: Great. I, I, that that was going to be my next question, but but you already answered it. So so basically, even if one or two of the cards are lost or or damaged or whatsoever, we still have um, a chance to recover the keys with at least two, uh, like a, like a multi-sig process. Uh, precisely,
1: precisely. It's it's uh, the best way to you know actually uh, explain this to someone is it's kind of multi-sig, but for recovery. Right. So yeah. it kind of solves the two important data security problems that, you know, users have with their seed phrases today. The first is the data loss problem. What if the paper is lost or it's burned or it, you know, happens to some, happens something to that? Uh, and the second is the data theft problem. What if someone steals and use that? And in this particular hardware that I just described, uh, it solves your data loss problem because, until unless someone, uh, if you as a user lose at least three cards, your funds are safe. So you can be sure that even if you lose any two of the cards, your your seed phrase are at least safe, right? And secondly, it's secures it secures uh, your it solves the data theft problem because, um, until unless someone um, actually hacks and steals. F- at least two cards your you know funds are safe if he kind of uh, steals only one of the cards it's impossible for him to get uh, the seed phrases out of just one single card he needs to know the location of at least two cards so if you are a person and you haven't told anyone uh, the physical locations of at least two cards it's kind of almost impossible that someone can actually steal your um, you know your seed phrase in the first place like even if he is the kind of the best hacker in the world
0: rohan um, uh, uh, for sake of time uh, you know uh, this uh, so so why 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 the magic figure of 4 why not 3 uh, two out of 3 or three out of 5 why why 4
1: Right. uh, Great question, Sankal. So we, again, you know, this was around uh, when we started talking to users, we realized, you know, what is uh, the best possible combination for a user? And after talking to a lot of the user feedbacks that we got around the product, two of four was, which which is what that came out to be the best one uh, for the basic users. Now, you know, we feel there is, There needs to be a lesser number of choices that a basic user needs to make. And that is the reason we fix it out, you know, add two or four. But if someone is an advanced user, someone who is technical savvy enough, and someone who wants to have their own combination... So for them, you know, it's not a problem for us. We provide customizations for them. So if you are a, you know, a big investor who knows the technical know-hows and wants a customizable um, scheme, so for them, you know, you can have as much of, as many cars that you want, and then you can set, um, you know, your own com- your threshold combination that you want out of those cards. So maybe something like uh, 6 out of 10 or 3 out of 5, whatever combination that suits you as an investor. So that's not a problem for us. But for the basic users, we fixed it out 2 out of 4.
0: Great, great. And and in terms of sales, uh, you said you you are about to uh, you pre-launch, pre-order. Uh, what is your forecast for 2020, number of units that you're going to sell who are the kind of customers, and and is there a pipeline of uh, business or retail customers uh, who who have already ordered?
1: Right. So, um, you know, this is primarily around the fact that we were operating in stealth for a while. You know, before before you know, this is around February to you know June. We were very much in stealth. We were not marketing it at all. Um, and then so, but we were obviously talking to users because without that, you cannot actually, you know, make a successful product. So f- at this moment of time, we have about 500 soft commitments, people who are uh, ready to purchase this product. We, but we at this point of time haven't taken money from them because, uh, you know, a thing about security is it's, it's mostly about, credibility apart from security obviously and so we just cannot give them a half-baked product right? we have to be sure that Whatever product that receive is secure enough and you know is trustable enough for them to use it. So that's the reason why we haven't opened it. But you know we are in the process of getting the audits done, um, and then we have you know different influencers who are ready to try out the product. So that's kind of the reason why we didn't start the pre-orders earlier, and you know are going to about um, to start the pre-orders uh, very recently.
0: So when 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 is the launch date or when do you think you're going to be ready by?
1: So uh, there are a couple of things around that, you know, we are in the process of getting the right certifications for the product and getting the auditing done, you know, the security auditing, because obviously this is going to be around uh, financial security. People are going to store their real money into the hardware. And so we obviously uh, cannot have a compromise compromise on their funds at any cost. And so uh, what we project ourselves right now is we'll have a pre-order you know started by next month, but shipping the exact product to the users will take another like two or three months because we have to be sure uh, on the audits and the certifications of the product
0: Ro- rohan you you are building a hardware product uh, which is not uh, easy to make. Uh, you have no background in hardware. I know Vipul has some background in hardware uh, what is what is that background and and where are you making this you 're based in Delhi. Uh, How are you how are you building uh, both the Shield X reader and the four cards uh, and and what kind of security uh, features and security company and security certifications are you are you using for this product?
1: Uh, that's a great question, Sankalp. So um as you rightly pointed out, I myself uh, don't have a hardware background specifically. I'm more towards uh, business, more towards uh, software security, more towards software development in general. But uh, that is where the role of Vipul really comes in. So he has a typical hardware background. He has been working in the hardware space uh, for more than three years. He was part of the college drone team, and then he worked uh, in a in a hardware startup for some time, which uh, is kind of a robotics startup, uh, which recently was funded by Bunny Bansal himself, the co-founder of Flipkart, and so you know. It it was kind of a natural choice for us to uh, go on this journey together to build out this product. And this is something which we evaluated even before starting building the product that, you know, if you want to make a successful product apart from just the hustle, you need to have the right skill sets in in order to uh, launch it successfully. So that is how, you know, we decided to team up as well. Now, coming to uh, the manufacturing or the hardware itself, uh, there are kind of three components to that. So the first component is uh, manufacturing of uh, the unsecure pieces of hardware. Uh, and that is something which we are uh, currently doing it in India. But, uh, you know, once we have uh, the right amount of scale, we may even choose to go China for that. And that really does not need uh, any sort of security. The second layer, the second uh, component of this whole uh, manufacturing is, uh, taking care of the secure part, which is the chips, the secure microcontrollers. And for them, you know, we currently have uh, a manufacturer in terms of uh, NXP semiconductors, which is uh, the same company that provides secure chips to Apple. So all your iPhones, they have NXP, you know, secure chips, which is EL6 Plus certified uh, for securing things like your fingerprints uh, inside your iPhone. Right. And so we use the same, same chips in the form of uh, the smart cards. So our smart cards or the Shield X cards, they have the same level of security and the hardware that is there on your iPhone, which is obviously one of the uh, most secure hardware in the world right now, too. Right and the third part is the assembly so we bring both of the non-secure hardware parts and the secure hardware parts together in-house we assemble it then we upload some secure code on that and then we ship on to the users now the supply chain does not stop there because you know in the whole whole cycle whole supply chain uh of the of the deliver of the deliverability of the product, you know it does not end uh just when the user arrive just when the user receives the product it continues even after that so after the hardware arrives at the user's place, the first thing he needs to do is to check whether the hardware is genuine or not because even after the security checks that we have in place, uh, there are things that can be done you know to compromise the supply chain and so the first thing they need to do is verify whether the hardware is genuine or not, and so to do that, you know, the hardware is first, uh, you know, the first ver- we first verify it through our own servers. You know, there is a security uh, checks that we need to do on the hardware, which is enabled through a connection uh, with our server and the user they, they just need to connect it to a laptop and you know access our website for um for actually actually performing those security checks and so there is nothing that needs to be done from the users end much it's all there uh, in how we uh, wrote the code for that and so after there's a verification of that that's when the user knows that okay this is uh, the genuine hardware and then there is another firmware upgrade that is performed to actually uh, enable the real utility of the hardware so once that's done only after that we advise users to actually experiment uh, the product itself now even the experimentation stage has different processes around that we don't advise them to keep their real funds we first ask them to test uh, with test coins right whether you know have a seed phrase which does not have any coins of them test out the whole process test out you know whether the securing the wallet processes working or not test out whether the recovering of the wallet is done perfectly for you or not so that they have the trust in the hardware uh right from the get-go and then only after that we advise them to really transfer uh you know really start implementing it with their real seed phrase even then we ask them okay we do we don't advise you to first uh you know throw away their piece of paper, we first, you know, we have to make sure that they are themselves uh, satisfied with the whole working of the product. And only then we advise them to, you know, finally getting rid of their paper and then uh, eventually shifting their whole uh, funds into, into this new hardware.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So you obviously uh, done a lot of research into it and, and, uh, for the last uh, year and a half, you've been you've been playing around, and you've been you come to some kind of a supply chain security scenario where your secure hardware can be can be preserved. Uh, tell 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 me more about your experience at Consensus. Um, how did you get selected? Uh, how was it going there? Uh, the mentorship you received, the network you built, and how do you think it's going to help you going forward?
1: So consensus was uh, definitely an eye opener for us. I mean, we obviously tried to apply to them, uh, you know, the the cohort before uh, that we got selected in, which, uh, you know, so we applied around um, September 2018. And at that time, we were rejected, you know, for reasons that we weren't building uh, this particular product at that time. Right. And so we were rejected at that time, but then in around February, you know, around that process, uh, we were finally selected. And, uh, this is something which we asked them to, you know, why didn't you select us in the first place and then decided to take, uh, take a chance on us in, in the second cohort. And they said, you know, apart from your skill sets and the experience that you have, uh, building at the intersection of hardware, security and blockchain, uh, you had a great persistence because they realized, you know, a lot of people have already left the space because of the price movement, because, uh, you know, we discussed this already. Most of the things are uh, geared towards how the price movements are there. Uh, And so they were really impressed with uh, us being persistent enough and uh, that was their motive, you know, the, the kind of the key driver for them to uh, take us in their cohort. So after, you know, we got selected into their cohort, you know, the program had two weeks in Berlin. Then there was uh, four weeks that we had to, you know, implement those learnings in those two weeks, uh, you know, anywhere from the world that we want. And the last uh, two weeks were there in San Francisco, which um, resulted in a, you know, demo day at the end of the program. So we went to Germany, you know, we went, uh, we explored the European crypto ecosystem, you know, we went to bars that accepted Bitcoin, which was obviously surprising for us, because that's definitely not possible in India right now. And so you know we met people who really were uh, into the who believe in the whole decentralized ecosystem who were committed to actually you know uh, kind of pushing this ecosystem beyond where it it currently is. And so we met the different mentors, the the investors themselves. We have peop- we had people from Genesis, we had people uh, from Cosmos, we had people from Amazon, Google also you know trying to get into the blockchain ecosystem and uh, you know it really helped us because you know initially we were building out of India but it's very hard when you know you are not too much close to your customers Uh, and so you know this whole trip of both Germany and US where we met our real customers you know in real life for the first time uh, that was that those interactions were really valuable for us to actually you know shaping our final product so we met uh you know after the germany episode we met um the ceo of metamask uh we met uh you know people who are experienced in enterprise sales uh people from consensus themselves you know we discussed uh solutions around inheritance and solutions around uh, seed phrases and you know there was i mean i mean we almost got like you know two to three hundred of soft commitments from this period only. So definitely something which, you know, changed our trajectory completely. So, I mean, whoever is interested in, you know, building out in the blockchain ecosystem, I would definitely advise you to consider uh, the Consensus Techon program.
0: Amazing. Great. Uh, Rohan, thank you so much for for uh, telling us a lot about our product I, I want to have a quick rapid fire round with you, uh, which is, which sure, is the sure. favorite part of my, my podcast for me. And, and uh, just, just generic questions on, on blockchain as well as uh, life in general. So, so if you're prepared, if you're ready, let's, let's shoot. Shoot, shoot. Excellent. Uh, first, what's your favorite book and why?
1: Uh, my favorite book, to be honest, is uh, Rich Dad and Poor Dad, because it really opened up so much for me. And it's, you know, if someone who has read that book, it so much has elements that revolves around, uh, you know, the idea of cryptocurrencies, the idea of corporations, uh, because it gives you that, you know, different perspective that you don't have while you are doing a normal nine to five job. And it says, you know, what actually money enables, what what it really enables is, uh, you know, being free, being financially independent. And uh, that is, you know, one of the, I think, one of the few books that helped me actually get into entrepreneurship itself. So I would definitely recommend that book to everyone. Amazing.
0: Amazing. And uh, who, who is your favorite regulator, uh, blockchain related or, or generally, who's your favorite regulator?
1: Ah, tough one. Um, so definitely not the Indian ecosystem. But um, so I obviously went to Germany. And so, you know, the first day of the consensus program itself, we had the privilege to meet uh, the German parliament, you know, members of the parliament there. And we were, re- I mean, I personally were was really impressed by their forward thinking because they themselves, I think, if I'm not wrong, have uh, declared Bitcoin as a legal tender. So, you know, being a government so forward thinking is something which, uh, you know, really impressed me a lot. So from my experience, definitely Germany is one of the leading regulators. Great,
0: great. Uh, If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, uh, who would those be? Who, Who are the most inspiring three personalities to you?
1: Hmm. So the first is definitely Elon Musk, right? Um, I, I really, really admire him. You know, he's an inspiration. So to, uh, so many entrepreneurs around the world. I mean, the kind of risks that he has taken with his life, you know, af- even after achieving, um, all of the success that he had with his earlier ventures, you know, x.com and PayPal, he risked all of his savings to start these, you know, amazing bunch of companies from SpaceX to Tesla to Neuralink to OpenAI and stuff. So I, I really, you know, uh, that that is going to be my first choice, definitely, right? Um, apart from them, um, it's a tough one because, you know, there are uh, so many people in my mind for that. Um... Okay, so one for one from crypto, definitely. So I definitely want to know more about, uh, you know. So okay, the second one could be Satoshi Nakamoto. If I could, you know, have his identity sometime, so why not have a lunch with him and see how his thought process was and, you know, what really brought up, you know, the the yes, whole conceptualization of Bitcoin in the first place yeah so I definitely want to have the opportunity to lunch you know to have a lunch with him if that 's possible in the near future. you never know and um, the third one um, the third one would be Paul Graham, so I definitely am very inspired uh, you know by Y Combinator in general. Right. Um, you know, their the whole, uh, ideologies around, you know, how to start a startup. And there's so much content out there that, uh, someone who's, you know, new to, new to the ecosystem to how to actually evaluate ideas, um, how to actually, you know, start about, uh, you know, starting a company, which is, uh, contrarian in nature. So I definitely want to have, you know, a lunch with him to get his ideologies and advice around starting a startup in general.
0: All right. So wh- who's, you know, with, with regards to your project, uh, what is your favorite memory related to your Cypher Rock project so far?
1: Oh, favorite memory. Okay, so here's, um, here's another memory that uh, uh, I have from Germany, uh, which I think potentially is, you know, very beneficial for us as a company monetary wise and, you know, as a business in general. So uh, I I forgot this guy's name, you know, he came from uh, Amazon, you know, he delivered a talk in Germany and Berlin uh, for us cohort members. And so I was, you know, after his uh, talk finished, uh, I tried to, you know, pitch my idea to him to kind of get his feedback in general. Right. And so I was pitching, okay, so this is the hardware we use to secure seed phrases and, and you know, whatnot. And, uh, you know, he kind of misunderstood our product at that moment. And uh, he said, uh, Are you competing with, you know, hardware wallets? And he kind of, you know, asked me whether, you know, that was how the hardware worked. He kind of didn't get uh, what how exactly the hardware worked in the first place. And so he reaffirmed with me of how the hardware works. And actually at that time, you know, we had, I personally, while I was talking to him, I had the second idea, you know, that we could implement it on a hardware, you know, which only requires changes from the software side, which was, why not, you know, have a hardware wallet, which does not have a single point of failure also. So if you see, you know, the reader and the cards, um, what if you know you could construct the transaction on the reader you had to tap the four tap the two any two of the cards to regenerate back your private key uh in real time on a volatile memory and after the transaction is done it's get deleted from the reader itself now this idea was something uh which again we validated a lot of people want this because you know e- even if you argue that a multisig could be used for this there are a whole lot of coins which don't support multisig at this point of time. And by this idea, we could basically have similar security properties that a multisig wallet has, but for all of the coins that are possible. And even of the coins that arrive in the future, you know, we could have kind of a similar security uh, for them when they are on the genesis block itself. So that was you know, something which you know was kind of accidental which which was ca- kind of very uh lucky because if i didn't have that discussion maybe we wouldn't be exploring that idea also integrating with this hardware so that is kind of uh, one of the most you know priceless memory for me
0: great great and and who who is your favorite blockchain person or blockchain company today hmm.
1: so for me i think um It's bananas, I mean, I have to say this, like, you know, they kind of are driving the ecosystem in general. Like they definitely are the biggest exchange in the world. You know, they they have the biggest infrastructure today, and the kind of growth that they have, you know, over these past month, it's like an example to any you know company uh, that are, that is kind of starting out in the space. So, from obviously uh, my own experience, I feel you know, Binance is kind of uh, the leading company. Y- you know what?
0: Ninety percent of the guests on this uh, talk and and many other friends in the network. Um, they always answer Binance. Um, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing the 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 speed at what they have built things, and they continue to build. And every week, week on week, they keep on delivering with with utmost uh, efficiency. Right. It's, it's, it's really commendable.
1: Right, I mean, we kind of ourselves take inspiration from the kind of speed that they have, you know, delivering features on features every month on month. I mean, it's quite fascinating to see yeah. that. To be who honest. else
0: should we invite on on Hash Talk next, in your opinion?
1: Uh, okay, I have like a bunch of people. I think uh, the the the, f- the people who come nearest to the my mind is. Definitely, you should talk to uh, the folks from Nuo Protocol. Yeah, I'm, I'm right, in touch uh, with Varun there. Yeah. They are not already... yeah. So Varun definitely, you know, is one of the you know, kind of the um, one of the people who drive the blockchain ecosystem in India. So I would definitely you know advise you to have okay. him on the show.
0: Okay, we will so, we, we'll talk to him definitely. Uh, what is your prediction for Bitcoin price in the next twelve months?
1: Oh, interesting. So, this is obviously not not a financial advice or anything. This is just my pure um, gut feeling that I have. I I feel it's going to touch the you know twenty thousand again, even more. By next year. And I believe there are one or two uh, primary drivers for that. So, one is obviously Lightning Network itself is going to be very mature towards the end of 2019, which I feel is one of the great uh, drivers for that. The second, I feel, is and somewhat, this is kind of going to be somewhat a controversial thought process, but I feel uh, there is going to be a, you know, whether you like it or not, there is going to be a financial crisis around the corner. And if that is the case, you know, Bitcoin is definitely going to be a hedge, uh, for many of the investors, countries, uh, trying to, t- trying to protect their own nationalized economies. And so that I think could be a key driver for the rise in prices for Bitcoin. So I hope it's going to be at least, uh, you know, 20,000 by, by the end of next year.
0: Rohan, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed uh, having this conversation with you. And I'm sure our listeners had a different perspective today. Uh, a lot is going on uh, in your team and, and uh, in the hardware industry with a with lot of uh, uh, custodian solutions. But I think, I think what you're doing is, is, is also amazing. So thank you once again, and, and we'll speak soon. Thank you. HashTalk is an attempt to bring out the best of blockchain narratives in Asia. You can find show notes on this episode and a lot of free resources at hashanova.com. If you like this and you found this valuable, please share this on your social media. And please subscribe to our weekly newsletter at hashanova.com. Thank you for listening, everyone. Hold up.